Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who will make working in the margins just a little more fun. Hello, hello, my friends. So today on the show, I'm talking with Brooke Harris of Happy Simple Mom. You might not think you can make a business around uh, being a happy, simple mom, but you absolutely can. And Brooke is going to show you how she has done it. The main thing she talks about is decluttering. Doesn't sound super exciting. Certainly is not helping other people make money, which is what we hear, right? Like, oh, I can do this if I'm showing people how to make money on the internet, but it doesn't work for everything else. Not true. <laughs> the vast majority of my students have their businesses have nothing to do with helping people make money on the internet. They're often just helping everyday moms, just like me, just like you, to solve a pressing problem that they have in their lives or to provide them with an amazing product that they love or that their kids love. And uh, that's the case with Brooke. So she has grown her business this past year, uh, primarily with a $17 decluttering product. So she's busting another myth, that myth that you need to have a great big thousand dollar course if you want to make real money online. Not true at all. And Brooke is going to tell you all about it. But first, in this episode, Brooke is going to share with us how she got started blogging. She didn't start her blog till 2018. So if you think you're late to the game, trust me, you're not alone. I know Brooke felt that way too, but she has grown her blog into a successful business. And in this episode, she is sharing about the importance of collaboration and working with others. The fact that there's really not competition online. It's much better to partner with those competitors and lift each other up, share with each other, cheer each other on, and you will all grow so much faster from doing that. So she shares some really specific ways that she has collaborated with other bloggers and it has benefited all of them. So that's really cool. She's also sharing what she does for her Pinterest strategy, as well as her Facebook page strategy. Honestly, I was so surprised by the Facebook page strategy because I kind of thought the whole Facebook page thing and getting traffic from that was dead. It's not. It's not at all. Brooke and her friends are doing amazing with their Facebook pages. You're going to be blown away by her <laughs> traffic numbers. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. And then in next week's episode, Brooke is going to share how she then took everything she learned from blogging consistently, serving her audience, growing her traffic, and then use Facebook ads to scale on up that offer. Today on the show, I'm so excited to welcome Brooke Harris of HappySimpleMom.com. You will love hearing from her and I think be encouraged that even in a niche like organizing your home that may not seem super exciting, may not seem like everybody's just itching to buy products around home organization, you can build a successful business around this topic. So I'm just so excited to get to chat with you today, Brooke. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited too. So I'd love to hear first how you got started with your blog and how you grew it early on. 
Sure. So I actually started this blog in 2018, around May of 2018. And I took a large blogging course to get me started, like how to set up a domain, how to set up all the good stuff. It started off slow. I had a little one home with me in the summers and I just did it when I could. I started with, I knew I wanted to talk about decluttering. I didn't know how in depth I wanted to go with that. So it was literally throwing spaghetti at the wall and for probably a year. I started making a little bit of ad revenue through the blog um, fairly early on. I got lucky with some Pinterest pins. And um, so that was good. That helped pay some expenses and stuff. And by profitable, it was like small, small profitable. <laughs> I remember the first month I made $14 and I was so excited. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so that was 2018 and most of 2019, just growing very slowly, organically, either through Google or through a lot of Pinterest, actually. Pinterest was like my main driver of traffic for the first year. I started to learn throughout 2019 and even in early 2020 that people were really resonating with the decluttering stuff. So I stepped away a little bit from the organizing um, kind of after your home's decluttered and, and really just focused on decluttering and how to declutter. And you think you would run out of content. My husband is mesmerized that I can still write content about this, but um, it really resonates with people. And so in, uh, let's see, April of 2019, so a year into my blog, I developed my first product. It was just an ebook or a tripwire. So if someone signed up for my list, they were presented with an offer to buy this ebook. The very first time I sold it, I think it was for $7. Um, and it did well, you know, a couple of sales here, a couple of sales there, nothing crazy. And um, I did that for a good year. I experimented with different prices, but usually in the $7 to $9 range was where I had the most success. And I had crickets when selling to my list, which was really frustrating. Before I started your course, I started off with, I want to say it was like five to 8,000. It might've been 8,000 email subscribers that I built up in a, about two and a half years. And every time I would try to sell to them, it was so slow and discouraging and I hated it. I hated selling things. <laughs> um, I did created a course last January. So January of 2019 or January of 2020. So the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And it was awful. <laughs> and it was so, I sold eight, but it was so awful that I had no life left in me after that. Um, I didn't sell it again until after your course. And I can't wait to tell you about that, but it was really bad. It is like, I'm working so hard and I'm not making any progress. I mean, I'm making enough to pay the bills for the blog, but that was a about where I was. And then earlier this year, I started growing uh, my Facebook page. So everything up until that point had been Pinterest. And then I started realizing we could generate some traffic through Facebook. So I really started focusing on that. And um, it's grown significantly this year. And that's been a huge traffic generator for me. But I was still stuck on like how to sell to these new people coming to my blog. And then I started your class in August of this year. So before we dig into like what's happened this year, and yes, I cannot wait to hear about <laughs> your latest launch and how it went. Um, but I know there's so many people listening who 
feel like anyone who starts a blog after like 2015, like how is it even possible to be successful? How do you even, how do you break into Pinterest? For example, like your blog didn't start till 2018, right? Right. Correct. Yes. So yeah. So it's very new. I mean, as of this recording, this is December 18th of 2020. And so you've only had a blog for like under two and a half years or yeah, yeah. yeah it's right at two and a half years. I think. Okay, great. So yeah, even me, I mean, I'm curious of how, what did you do as far as that Pinterest strategy and even like the blog content that you created that strategy? So I actually started off as a travel blog. That was my goal. My husband's a pilot. And so yeah. we travel a lot and it ruined traveling for me. So I did that for a couple of months before I started this one in May of 2018. And then I realized decluttering was what I could talk about nonstop and it not ruin my family time and what we did as a family. Um, as far as breaking into Pinterest, um, I still tell people when they ask me for Pinterest advice, I'm like, there's no strategy. <laughs> there's, I mean, there is a strategy, but it, it feels like all the gurus have all the answers and I've tried and piecemealed the pieces from all of them. But I think when it comes to social media in general, I always say it's like feeding the monster. As long as you feed it, it's happy. Um, and being consistent and giving it content. I have some strategies that I've taken from other teachers and I've taken courses, but I think that my biggest, like the algorithm changes constantly. You can't count on it. And so my biggest success is just being, being consistent, putting new pins out there, writing new content on a regular basis, what has generated. And then sometimes it's just luck. <laughs> like I've had some pins take off on Pinterest and I'm like some mommy out there it resonated with and she shared it within 20 seconds of me putting it out there and it took off but I don't know that it was that amazing so much as it was consistent and the timing worked out so I do have a few questions on that do you use a scheduler like Tailwind to be pinned I do I know there is a lot of debate as to whether it's worthwhile or not but for me I want to spend time with my family and I tried doing manual and live pinning and it didn't work for me. I mean, I will do it on occasion, but for me, it was worth more while to batch that content, put it into a scheduler like Tailwind. That's what I use and be done with it, set it and forget it. Yeah. I like Tailwind too, though. I got to be honest. I haven't, I've got like the same 50 pins that keep <laughs> circulating. I need some fresh, I need some fresh <laughs> content going out there. So do you fresh pins okay. do well? <laughs> How many pins do you typically have like getting pinned out each day? Oh gosh. So I, if I'm focusing on Pinterest, which it comes in waves, I will do my like ideal goal is to make a new pin every day. And I don't mean sit down and make a new pin every day. I will sit down for like two hours, batch create a whole bunch of pins. And I will do it with very little creativity. <laughs> I might take a pin and then change the colors, change the picture, enlarge the photo, flip the photo. I might have five pins that look pretty close. And then they're going to go out over the next month or two for that same URL. So I lazy create pins. I'll create 50 pins like that in two hours because... They're not that different, but Pinterest sees them as different. Because Pinterest has said many times over the last couple of years of like, they want fresh pins, mm -hmm. fresh content. So yeah, you're basically, I mean, it goes back to your initial strategy of like, you're being consistent, you're feeding the monster. Like, let's just make sure there's stuff getting out Something there. there. Right. Okay. 
Okay. So interesting. I love that. But I don't do a new pin every day, always since 2018. I have taken breaks. I just came off a Pinterest break where I took like three months off and because I'd had enough and I was done feeding the monster for a while. And I think that's okay too, to realize it didn't, I, my traffic dropped significantly from Pinterest, but that was okay because I gained a lot of time for other things. So Right. Okay. So prioritizing. Okay. But yeah, that's really, I think that gives people such a good idea of like where to start and the fact that a new blog can still make things work. Yeah. One more thing on that. Are you mostly pinning just your own boards on the relevant topics? I am now. So when I first started off, group boards were still a thing. You want, you know, you were trying to get into as many group boards as possible. I don't remember. I had like one semi-viral, viral for me pin at that point, probably a few months in. And I do think I got a little bit lucky, but I was part of a bunch of group boards. And that's what qualified me for Mediavine when they still had the lower recommendations of 25,000 sessions. I have group boards I'm still members of, but I'm pinning mostly to just my personal boards because they're never going to go anywhere. They're yeah. keyworded correctly. Um, mm-hmm. The content all matches up. So it works really well. Yeah. Okay. That's great to know. Um, And then one more thing you mentioned, which was blogging consistently. So, and I know your blogging goals might be different now because I know a lot of bloggers where (laughs) when you first start out, I mean, most of your time is blogging, creating content because you don't have the audience yet or the products yet, or these other things you're doing. So blogging and creating content is like, I mean, yeah, that's a great, that's what you do. Yeah. That's what you do. That's how you figure out what people respond to, what you enjoy doing, all those kinds of things. So yeah, there's a lot of great learning that comes from that. So yeah, I think that's my first question is what was your goal as far as new blog content early on? So um, an early on goal for me was a new post per week, but I am in this weird transition phase since the class where it's like, I was a part-time building blogger to, holy crap, I've got to put some systems in order because things are changing faster than I can handle it. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but Previously, it was a new, I would try to send a newsletter every week. I was consistent with that and a new blog post every week and then try to do as many pins as I could in a week. That was pretty much my maintenance goal. Pins, blog post, newsletter. That's a great goal. I'm curious about this one because I feel the same way your husband does as far as like, how does one continue to come up with new ways to talk about (laughs) decluttering because I know how important that is as far as keeping your traffic up, keeping interest up, you know, for Google, for Pinterest, for every, for Facebook, for everything. Yeah. You need that fresh content and you want to prove that you're an authority in that decluttering space. But my, I don't know. How do you do it? (laughs) It's like, there's only so many spaces in your home. Well, a lot of it at first was, um, how to's like, very basic, like, where do I start? Start If I start in my bedroom, what do I do in my bedroom? And it seems crazy that people would read that, but I did that when my house was a disaster a few years ago that I read books and I read blog posts and it seems silly, but if you've never learned how to do it, you, you walk into a room and you're like, oh my God, there are, there are piles and piles and I don't even know where to start. And then there's the mentality piece of how do I know what to let go of? And how do I manage these emotions that I'm feeling that nobody understands? Because I have this huge emotional attachment to this really dumb item, but I don't know what to do with it. 
Um, and so helping people through those emotions of letting things go. And I think a lot of times clutter runs, I mean, I'm no psychologist or anything, but clutter runs way deeper than just a messy house. We hold on to things for other reasons and like helping people work through it just based on my own experience. And so I always think about like, as if I'm sitting down with another mom for coffee and she's like, my house is a mess and I don't know where to start. And just telling her, start here. And just helping them through that journey. And maybe it's like we're meeting every week. And I'm like, okay, you did this. And next week, let's work on this. And okay, you have these emotions. And, and I still go through these issues where, you know, it's almost Christmas. And my kids' rooms, I feel like there's not space for one more toy. Um, and helping them figure out, like, how to help them figure out to pick things out on their own and let them go. And how to be okay with it if they don't. And so it just, it's stuff that just comes up regularly. And when customers ask me or readers say I'm struggling with this, then I'm like, oh, I can write about that. That's a whole new blog post. So I haven't run out of content yet. I figure if I do, we'll move on to the next space. But <laughs> yeah, that's, I love it though. That's amazing that you just, yeah, have this continual content stream. You brought up such a good point where you, part of your content stream was like, you had to have an audience that was talking back to you and telling you, what they needed to hear. So I love that you, you know, you were building that traffic with Pinterest. You had an email freebie, an opt-in for people to grab. So you mm -hmm. had that email list. And even if they weren't purchasing so much, it sounds like they were at least writing you they back. Occasionally would write back and tell me. I think my most successful email I've added in the last year to my welcome series was I, I titled it, Let's Swap Stories. And I tell them, my story about my house used to be a complete disaster. And I'm not just like disaster, like messy, but storage boxes, floor to ceiling, because they didn't fit in the storage closet and they didn't fit in the garage. And they, like it was, it was consuming our home. It was organized, I guess, because they were in boxes, but it was a lot. And so I share this with them and I share like my battle and I said, tell me about you and why are you struggling? And that has been the most responsive email I've ever sent because it's in the welcome series and almost daily I'm getting one or two responses now where they're like, this is my life. And that's great too for content because I can know exactly where people are struggling when they start on this journey with me, which is yeah. fun. That's wow. That's such a great idea. And yeah, I mean, just a great way to build that relationship. And mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Okay. So before we dig into how your launches have gone recently, I'm curious because you mentioned in 2019, kind of digging into your Facebook page mm -hmm. and getting traffic from your Facebook page and similar to Pinterest. I mean, there's people who at all different points are just like, I give up. This doesn't work anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And so, but you mentioned that, yeah, it's a decent traffic source for you. So I'd love yes. to hear a little bit more about that. I think the internet's so cool because it encourages collaboration. It rewards collaboration, you know, down from guest posts to Pinterest group boards when those work. Well, Facebook. So there are a few bigger names in our niche and <laughs> a girlfriend and I got together in November of 2019. And we had noticed this group of women who had similar blogs to us. And we were like, we're going to infiltrate their circle. Like we made this whole plan. <laughs> we're gonna, we, wrote, we wrote guest posts for them. We reached out and emailed them and we were like, okay, we give up. We can't figure out your system. Can you teach us? And they said, yes they changed everything for us. So when you make it big, help people. That's like my message. So um, 
we reached out and she, gosh, she was so kind. She had a Zoom call with us and basically for an hour spilled the beans of everything that she knew about Facebook and how to build an engagement. And we decided, my girlfriend and I, that together we were stronger than just trying to do it ourselves. And so we actually built this collective where um, we share each other's posts. Like it was a collective page where we're all members of it and we're sharing each other's posts and encouraging growth and just putting stuff out there. And it has worked so well by supporting each other, even though we are direct competitors in the blogging world. The internet is big enough for all of us. My friend is like ginormous in the Facebook world, but I grew from 500 in, in December of 2019. And I think I'm currently like at 66,500 followers. So it's amazing how well collaborating with each other works. And so that's basically what we did. And then it was again, feeding the monster. Like we create new content for Facebook every day in the form of quotes and memes and things to put out there that people can relate to as far as simple living, minimalism, decluttering, organizing. So we're attracting those people and I'm putting, we put out new content nearly daily, like a pin almost as in the mentality piece to attract people to us. And then we share each other's memes and quotes and fun little things that drive back people back to our page. And ever since we've done that, <laughs> the uh, traffic from Facebook, it's like stupid good compared to what we were getting from Pinterest. Like Pinterest was good and Pinterest paid the blogging bills, but Facebook is like next level. And we recognize the algorithm will change. We recognize it could be gone tomorrow. But in doing so, we're at least building up our following as quickly as possible while, while it's in our favor. So Yeah, yeah. And again, this was like you started at the end of 2019? At the end. December 2019 was when we were like, okay, we're in this. I think that's when we chatted with that the other woman in the niche. It was, gosh, I want to say it was like right before Christmas okay. of 2019. Yeah. And so... So this has just been, yeah, in Only the one last year. year. And so, yeah, that, that's, to me, that's just exciting that that's still working. And like you said, yes, things can always change, but there are certain principles that work, which like you yeah. said, being consistent, putting out content on a regular basis, having fresh content. And it sounds like too, you guys kind of mix and match what you're sharing. So sometimes it might be a quote or a meme, whereas other times maybe it's sharing a link. Right. Yes. Yeah, so every once in a while I can reach out to these girlfriends when we have a, like a group too, where we chat and share and like and beyond just Facebook. So we'll share like strategies that are working on Pinterest, strategies that are working on email. It's so cool. I love these women. But we also can say, hey, this post has really taken off because we don't always share each other's posts. You know, we'll try to drive people to our blog, but if something's taking off, we'll do everything in our power to come together and help that like keep yeah. building. Um, there's a woman in our group that's launching a book. So she's been writing guest posts for us all. And we've been trying to share her content just to get it out there. So anything with like collaboration is so cool. And we wouldn't be where we were are today if it weren't for that. We've all just grown exponentially faster than if we tried to do it by ourselves. Yeah. Oh, it's, you're it's so exactly neat. right. <laughs> Collaborating. Yes. It's huge. And like you said, um, the strategies might change for like how we collaborate. Like people don't really do link parties so much anymore, or right. whatever, but like the principle or the group board thing, but like the principle of yes, let's partner together. Let's work to build each other up. You're exactly right. It's yeah. That part doesn't change. You might, how you do it might change, but 
And yeah. if you do it alone, you'll get there probably one day. But if you have other people helping you, yeah. oh my gosh, it's it's so much faster. <laughs> yeah. Because there's, I mean, here's the thing. It's it's impossible to learn everything ourselves, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah. And it's such an easy button to like ask a friend who you're like, oh, you know about SEO or you know about this thing over here. Because yes. I would say like beyond Facebook ads for me, I mean, there's, <laughs> well, and I mean, I like marketing and launching, but like, don't, if you want to know SEO or what people are doing on Pinterest these days, I'm like a deer in headlights, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, we each bring different strengths to the table. So yeah, that's so neat. How big is that group of yours? Oh gosh. It started off with just three of us in December of last year. Now it's probably, I think 14 or 15 of us. Okay. So it's still small and yeah. we're, you know, we have, we all have like simple living as a kind of similarity, but you know, there's some homeschooling and there's some counseling aspects and there's like creating, um, schedules that fit like it's organizing. It's kind of runs the gamut, but the simple living piece is what joins us all together. So that's great. And again, community, not competition. Like there right. is room for each of you and you've proven there's room for each of you to grow and be successful. It's not exactly one person and then no, no nobody else. <laughs> I can't share the internet with you. <laughs> like this is the entire world. None of us are like, yeah. And I think too, here's one thing I see over time is like people often want multiple products to help mm -hmm. them with the same thing because like someone might resonate more with my course on whatever Yes. But then someone else might try my course and be like, Bethann talks way too much. No, thank you. And then they'll go purchase from someone else and be like, no, that's more my speed. So, I mean, you know, yes. that's part of it too, is like, it's not like people buy one thing to solve their problem and they're done. They often, right. Need, they'll, yeah. they'll pick from different ways. Yeah. So we all have something to offer. We all have our own voice, our own style. And I think those voices and styles resonate with people differently. So, right. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. I have a side question and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but I'm so curious of who this generous person was. Uh, Juliana with the simplicity habit is my, like I call her my BFF, my blogging best friend. Um, she, she and I have been together since sort of the beginning, but we've really connected a lot in the last year. And we're the ones that were like, we need to, we're better together than apart. We all needed something. Even that's what was so fascinating too, is even though some of them were really big in one area, they were still learning things that Juliana and I had done before that we knew how to do well. Uh, so we, you know, cause at first we're like, what can we bring to the table? They're too big. And I was like, well, we, we actually have stuff we can bring to the table. We can help each other. Um, so you're never too small to contribute. Um, and our thing was too, we promised each other that if and when we make it, which I feel like we're making it now, that we yeah. will remember to come back and boost people because she would get a lot of flack from other really big names in the industry saying, you're going to drop your engagement if you help these small people sharing their content that's not popular yet. It's mm -hmm. going to bring your engagement down. And she's like, nah, karma will be on my side if I help, <laughs> if I help these people. And I just, oh, she's so amazing because she didn't have to help us. And it probably did bring her engagement down a little bit, but 
she did it anyway. So we're like, okay, we're going to make sure to do that too. Like if someone's just barely building, we have some girlfriends like that. Then we, we try to dare their stuff as often as possible because ultimately they'll be big one day too. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. I have one more question on the whole Facebook thing, which is I'm curious when you talked about Facebook traffic versus Pinterest traffic, do you mind sharing like some numbers? Facebook's bipolar, we say. <laughs> it's like, here's all the traffic in the world and here's nothing. Um, it's it's up and down. It's a roller coaster. With Pinterest, traffic was fairly consistent. I might have a good day or good week when a pin took off. But I was still averaging like one to 2,000 page views a day. I still have 1,000 page view days, even with Facebook, because nothing's happening. Um, but... Then you'll have a post takeoff and you'll get 10,000 page views, 30,000 page views, 50,000 page views in a day. I had my highest, you're gonna, I'm almost embarrassed to say, I had my highest viral pin last week and I was on vacation and I had like three days where first day it hit 50,000. I think my record at that point was 36. And I was like, well, here are 50,000. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, my Google analytics is broken. They says there's 900 people on my site. <laughs> There, there was 900 people on my side. Yeah. It, it hit like 137,000. The next day it hit 165,000. I had more traffic in three days than wow. I did in 2018 and 2019 combined and probably a little bit of 2020. Wow. <laughs> it was, those numbers are crazy. But then three days later, I was like thousand page views, you know, like Facebook's bipolar. It was way up and then way down. But you know, if you have a couple of those a month, it's great. I don't want to put all my eggs in the ad revenue basket. I definitely don't. I hate being on the traffic hamster wheel, like hate it. But days like that once or twice a month are pretty sweet because that helps pay the bills. But when every time I depended on Facebook traffic or Pinterest traffic or any traffic in general, it's stressful because you have to, I feel like you're constantly trying to put more content out, make more content, like make more pins, make more memes, make more quotes. Like it's just, it's never ending. And I, you know, I talk about simple living and like taking a step back and um, it had, it's became this balance of how much effort do I want to put in and is it worth what I'm getting? So that's kind of where I'm at many days is where right. do I draw the line and stop? Because blogging is addicting. It's the more you put in, sometimes the more you get and you have to be able to say, I've, that's enough for today. So yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. It's, you can always, there's always, more there's always something do. else to do. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. I mean, I'm not even like a blogger. I, I blog so little, but yet even just, yeah, with any online business, it's like never ending. There's always something that needs updating or creating or testing. I just, it's never ending. Yeah. Okay. Real quick with the traffic thing, because like you're saying a big benefit to all that traffic is the ad revenue that you get from having ads on your site right? Yes. So do you mind sharing what that ad revenue looks like at your traffic level? Sure. So it depends. Um, when I first started getting ad revenue in 2018, um, that was when Mediavine, I'm with Mediavine. They had the recommendation or the requirement to apply after you hit what, 25,000 sessions. And now it's 50,000 sessions. I had one pin do really well on Pinterest. And in the beginning, I <laughs> 
I was making, and what's cool about media buying is once you hit it, they don't kick you out when you drop below 25,000. Cause I was like, are they going to kick me out? Cause I just got lucky. So, oh God, those first couple of months I was making like 150, $300. And I was so excited because I was like, I can pay for convert kid. I can pay for all of these things, you know, and as I, the months rolled on, I would buy something like lead pages or, you know, just like keep reinvesting with what little tiny money income that I got in. As I grew, I want to say like last year, early 2020, you know, I was still, Facebook wasn't a traffic generator yet for me. And so I was making a, now had progressed up to a few hundred dollars a month. I think I had finally progressed as the year, the year progressed like to a thousand or 2000 a month from ad revenue. It depended on the month though. You know, if I had a really good month, it'd be like, I don't know, two or $3,000, but if a bad month might be a thousand and it just fluctuated as my Facebook audience grows, that ad revenue is definitely more comfortable. (laughs) It pays all the bills plus leaves a little bit, some money aside for saving and things like that. Even so, if I stop putting out those articles, every day onto Facebook or Pinterest or whatever it is that I'm focusing on, the traffic will die Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the ad revenue will go away. Um, I still have a little organic traffic. Honestly, this was supposed to be the year for organic traffic for me. Like I was going to focus on SEO and how to get Google and Facebook happened. So um, that's, that's next year. So I don't get a ton of organic traffic like I should at this level where I am blogging, but um, Okay. Yeah. Learning every year. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> you know, I've had a, a six-figure business for like quite a few years now, since 2016. And I'm like, I still have no idea how to get Google traffic. <laughs> so I, I feel like it's one of those things I need to learn. Yeah. And I know it can be profitable. Um, you know, I have a girlfriend that started with that and it's going she's killing it. She's like a year, not even a year in. And she's like four times me on Google traffic, but that's okay. That's where she yeah. focused and it's working. And that's great. I did not plan on doing Facebook this year. I didn't plan on growing it, but it's, it worked out timing wise. Wasn't that so wonderful hearing from Brooke? I just love her mentality of community over competition and clearly it works. I mean, I know so many business owners who try to go it alone online and the whole process of growth takes so much longer that way, right? And it's not as fun. We want to have friends that we can cheer on and help out. So I do want to encourage you to find that supportive community online. Even if you have to create it yourself, go out there and do it. Create that pod of like-minded business moms and support each other. Pick a strategy, go for it together. And I think you'll just be amazed at what you can do. Now, Brooke mentioned early on in this episode that she has had a way better launch this fall than she ever had before. And that her product sales are just doing amazing these days. Well, that's is to be continued in next week's episode. So next week, you'll get to hear all about Brooke's incredible numbers, the profits that she's making from ads, how much better her launch has gone, the way she pivoted her launch in the middle to see even better results. So stay tuned for next week and we'll dig into all of those nitty gritty, juicy stats. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.